Good morning, everyone. I'm Renee Swanson, your host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast. And thank you so much for joining us here. I hope that you are having a great, uh, a great week and a great, um, just a great day. I want to introduce you to our special guest today. Uh, her name is Dr. Melissa Kalt. She is a trauma expert and been dealing with you know, narcissistic abuse. And um, Dr. Melissa, thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Renee. It's so great to be here. And very good to have you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Why don't you introduce yourself to my audience? Oh, thank you so much. Um, like you said, I'm Dr. Melissa. I'm a trauma expert. I'm a, a top doctor, medical doctor, um, who was on the best doctors list for uh, many years, who left actually to follow my why, which involved extracting, learning how to extract trauma and help people heal. And what I've discovered while I did that globally for a few years or, you know, on all kinds of trauma and all kinds of topics was that the, the um, area that's really near and dear to me and to my heart is narcissistic abuse because I've experienced it. Um, I've healed from it. I've shifted from just surviving to becoming really anti-fragile where through the adversities and the challenges, I actually gain, I get stronger, better than I was before. And so I'm really committed now to helping other narcissist victims, narcissist survivors do the same thing. That's awesome. Yeah. And how long have you been doing this? I have been uh, working on extracting trauma and that sort of thing for probably about eight or nine years and uh, really just switched over to doing it for victims of narcissists within the last two years. Okay. Okay. And uh, you said globally, you've worked with people around the world. I have, I have worked with people all over the country, some people all over the world. So, um, you know, because what I do in terms of trauma extraction can be done by phone or by Zoom, um, it doesn't have to be done in person. There's not really any limits or boundaries in that regard. Okay. So tell us a little bit about what you mean by trauma extraction. So, so when we think about, if I can back up just a little, just to talk about trauma for a second, you know, trauma is something that happens to us that we're unable to cope with at the moment, right? And it lands in the physical and the energetic body in a way that it, it will sit there until we can cope with it and sort of reprocess it and move it through. So, you know, it, it could be something completely innocent, like a two-year-old whose mom goes into the hospital for something really routine, like having her appendix out, something that's like really no big deal. But the two-year-old is afraid that his mom's never coming back. And that will, will land in his body as trauma until he's old enough to sort of reprocess that fear of being abandoned, that fear of loss, that sort of thing. And the, the trauma that's stored in the body is not... Um, it's not like if you were punched in the arm, it's not like it's stored in the arm as the effects of a punch. It's more the story that we tell ourselves because the trauma happened, you know, that I'm not safe or I'm not lovable or I'm not good enough or I'm bad or I'm wrong or whatever, whatever the story is that we come up with about why the trauma happened in the first place. I'm not deserving, you know, whatever the case may be. And so that, that all sits there um, 
really until we get to the point where, where we can deal with it, where we can come to terms with, I am good enough. I am safe. I am lovable. I am, you know, deserving of good things. All of that kind of thing is a process and the trauma will manifest as physical, mental, emotional, spiritual symptoms. So could be fatigue, could be asthma, could be back pain, could be migraines, could be anxiety or insomnia, any number of things, overwhelm. But it will it'll continue to show us those messages to let us know there's more healing to do. There's more parts of us that are out of alignment from this trauma that need to be cleared. And so what I do, I'm very intuitive and I'm very empathic. So I I can feel what other people are feeling. If they're anxious, I can I can feel their anxiousness. If their knee hurts, my knee will hurt. Um, if, if I have it turned on, I've learned how to turn that down because that could be really <laughs> that could be a little much. Yes, <laughs> yeah. especially when I was working as a doctor, that was like really a bit crazy. Right. Um, but because I can feel it, I can feel where the trauma is stored in their body. And I always think, you know, those symptoms are really blessings because they're, they're messages about what needs to be healed. Mm-hmm. Um, they're messages that once we receive the message, not only does the symptom go away, but we become more aligned with the truth of who we are, which is really the ultimate purpose in to life. Um, and so I can feel it for someone else. I can feel that they have this huge fear of not being good enough in their third chakra, their solar plexus area, and that that's preventing them from taking this next step in their business, or it's preventing them from, you know, uh, applying for this promotion that they want and deserve or or whatever. And I can, with their permission, um, because everyone has free will, some people want to stay in a victim state and hold on to their trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, But with their permission, I can energetically just go pull it out. And so when that, when that happens, things shift, it it goes from understanding, you know, the cognitive understanding that I'm good enough, say, to embodying it to just like knowing it. Yeah, I'm, I'm good enough just the way I am. Like I have nothing to prove to someone else. And when that happens, the the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual symptoms go away. So I have people who, you know, had hip pain for 22 years and we do this work and it's gone. Or someone who's had lifetime asthma, we do this work and it's gone. Because those symptoms were really just messages telling the person, you know, this, this is here for you to come address and take care of. Okay. That's amazing. That's amazing. And and you talk about like it's funny you mentioned then that the feelings of not being good enough, the feelings of worthlessness that lines up with narcissistic abuse, um, just like hand in hand with narcissistic abuse and the messages that we are told over and over by this person, you know, in our lives. Can you talk about that a little bit about how that has brought you then to come to be focused on victims of narcissistic abuse? Oh, absolutely, and you know. I grew up with narcissistic abuse. I didn't obviously know that as a child. Um, and I became the typical overachiever, the perfectionist overachiever. You know, I, I high school valedictorian, graduated from college when I was 20, med school, obviously, like the whole um, shebang. And then, you know, got into another narcissistic relationship and 
things kind of went from there. So I, I went from being this woman who felt like I was born on fire and wanted to change the world um, to someone who, you know, by the time I hit early 40s, five kids later, you know, the whole thing, I was so confused about what was even going on in life, about who I was. I felt like I had lost all sense of who I was. I was exhausted all the time. I, I, anything fun with the kids, you know, outings, whatever, it all seemed like work because I was just so drained, so exhausted. And in my professional life here I'm on this list of you know top three to five percent of doctors in the nation and getting promoted to medical directorships and professional life was great and in my personal life I was just so completely confused by the sabotage and the gaslighting and and all of it and so um coming out of that fog myself and getting really clear and getting really connected to who I was so that I was no longer fighting with myself. You know, my, my body and my spirit saying, you have to get out. And my mind saying, no, you can't get out. You're, you've got five kids, you know, and that sort of thing, that internal conflict was such sheer torture for me that once I got clear, um, once I cleared that worthlessness, the confusion, the, um, the the sense of just not being good enough or having something to prove or the need to defend myself or ridiculous accusations, all of that. Um, it was so empowering and it was so extraordinary that it, I just have to bring that to other people. Yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, that that fog that you talk about, um, you know, so many victims are living in that fog and it's a state of just complete exhaustion. You know, like what you're saying, you've worked so hard to try to make life a success and yet you feel like you've totally lost touch with who you are. Uh, so when you do this work that you're that you're talking about, the, the trauma extraction, do you find that people find a sense of themselves again? Yes. So what I, what I found was there were actually five steps that I went through to go from, you know, surviving to, to this, what I call being anti-fragile and the first, and they, they overlap, um, but they do also go in order. The first is awareness and education. So things like you and I both do in terms of what we're posting or putting out as, as free content, um, whether it's on YouTube or in writing or wherever um, podcast. So people become even aware because so many people when they're in it they don't even know this is what's going on they mm -hmm. they they're not familiar with what projection looks like or triangulation or they gaslighting they, they don't know that that's what's happening the the second one is getting out because you really can't get clear while you're in it's just not um in my experience it's not possible um so that frequently requires help of an attorney or a therapist the third one is really getting the the mindset cleared. And so the therapists are really helpful with that. Fourth is extracting the trauma. Most people stop at step three. And what they find is then they, they either never hit that point of they, they maybe learn how to set good boundaries and how to not get into relationships with narcissists in the future. Although some of them do repeat that pattern of it's definitely you know, a cycle. Yes. Yeah. Getting in with the next narcissist, but even if they, if, even if they've learned not to do that, 
they haven't eliminated their internal sense of shame that that they developed from being with a narcissist that that like internal dreaded feeling of just not being good enough and having something mm-hmm. wrong with you mm-hmm. and that holds them back in career and other relationships and their life with their their children and their health everything that they're doing so extracting um the trauma is what allows you to actually move move um forward and then the fifth step is connecting to the truth of who you are so the way i see it there's this awesome quote um i'm sure it's made up but it was about someone asking michelangelo about creating the statue of david and he said oh it was really easy i just chipped away the stone that wasn't david i've heard that before yes I I love that imagery because that's what I'm doing. I'm just, when I'm extracting trauma, I'm just chipping away that stone and we're going to reveal the real you that's underneath, that's been there all along, Mm -hmm. that's been completely shoved, you know, down in the back corner because all these beliefs about not being good enough or, you know, being worthless or being unlovable or all of that stuff is piled on top. And so, so the connecting to the truth of who you really are, you know, which is, which is this awesome, amazing, um, divine being, you know, regardless of belief system, just the incredibleness of, of who you are. Once we extract the trauma and we can get to that, anything becomes possible. Um, so I love, I do steps four and five, and then I do, I do step one, the awareness and education. Um, but I love it because that's where you really see people go from, you know, victim, victim to survivor gets you to like step three. And then when you really go from, from there to, you know, just lit up and on fire and living your life and infinite possibility, it's incredible. Yeah. So, so in, in my group that I work with and my Facebook group, you know, we've got over 51,000 people in my group. And, and one of the things I see is people who leave a narcissistic relationship. If they dive right into another relationship within, let's say even within like six months, you know, they think, Oh, I gave it some time. I definitely spent time on some healing and, and they get into another relationship, the likelihood of that next relationship being another narcissistic relationship seems incredibly high. Like that's what, what I see in it in a cycle over and over. And they, they go, man, I really, I thought I had it. Now I've ended up with a covert narcissist. Whereas maybe at the beginning they were with a narcissist that was more overt and more, you know, visible to the world. And all they ended up doing now was ending up with somebody who was more subtle in their abuse, um, you know, in that regard. So would you encourage people to take more time? And what what would you think is is like a reasonable timeline if you had to lay one out of of taking that time between those relationships? I think that's hugely important. And I myself, I'm I'm remarried now, but I think I took over five years. Um, I, I don't know that necessarily everyone needs to take that long, but what has to happen is you have to complete the trauma ex- extraction and the connecting to yourself. Because if you're not yourself, if you're if you're presenting yourself and if you're seeing the world through this lens of I'm not good enough. This person's out to manipulate me. I'm not sure I can trust what this person has to say. I'm not sure if I can trust what I'm thinking. I, you know, like the whole mental chatter that goes on in the the mind of a a victim or former victim. Um, 
it's not possible to connect with someone else in a, in a real genuine way, in the way that you'd want to have a relationship. And I, I know for myself, I waited a long time to start dating because I was single parenting all my kids and whatever. But I, I noticed now looking back in the beginning, people I was attracted to, I didn't date because like I said, I wasn't dating, but people I was attracted to were also narcissists mm-hmm. uh, because there was something that was very familiar about their, their pattern or very familiar about the way that they love bomb or, or, you know, that I couldn't have recognized six months out. I couldn't have recognized it a year out. It, it took much longer. And, and my goal or my intention when I was going through this process was I knew I wanted to be in a loving relationship again someday but I didn't want to be in a relationship just to be in a relationship to avoid being lonely. I decided part of my healing was if I was lonely to look at that feeling of loneliness, to really sit with that feeling of loneliness and to become the relationship, to have the relationship with myself that I wanted to have with someone else Mm -hmm. where, you know, I didn't need someone else to make me not lonely because I made myself not lonely or I didn't need something else to make me feel validated because I validated myself. And once that happened, then I was ready for, you know, the forever relationship. And I found my husband actually on my fourth date. I, he was, he was the the fourth person I went out with and it was like all history or, you know, the rest is history. However that goes. Yeah. Um, but, it, but it, it takes time. And when people are hurting and they're suffering and they, it, it's almost like an addiction, wanting a quick fix. Like, Oh, I just, I need another relationship. Then I won't feel so lonely or then I won't feel bad about myself. Or then I can, I can dis- distract myself from this horrible feeling of shame or this, this fear that I was the narcissist or this feeling of worthlessness or whatever I can, I can just distract it. Cause I'll have someone to watch Netflix with on Friday night. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> and it just doesn't work. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm three years out this coming January and, and been doing a whole lot of healing work in those three years. And I hear exactly what you're saying. And I knew, I knew with the day I left the marriage that, that this was going to take time and, and that I needed to spend that time because, um, I needed to find me, I needed to find me again. And I've been very happy with that journey. So, so if uh, we're about out of time here, but if any of our members want to, um, to work with you or to, to know more about you, where would they go to look or what, what would be the recommendation you would have for somebody who wants to, um, to go further with this? Oh, thank you. And absolutely. There's, um, I'm on pretty much all platforms as Melissa called MD. So they can find me on Facebook, um, Instagram, YouTube, medium, Quora, anywhere in that regard. Um, website, my website is melissacultmd.com. And anyone who wants um, to get on my newsletter list and get a free guide that I created, uh, it's like a mini workshop that you do on your own at home, taking, you know, seeing where you're at on that scale from surviving to anti-fragile, um, that can be found at narclesslife.com. Okay. Okay. And then I would, I would tell all my audience that I will provide the links um, that she just mentioned uh, in the notes to this podcast so that you have, you know, a quick and easy access to them. And uh, I know most of my listeners are on my newsletter as well. So I will include those links as well in my newsletter that will go out with this podcast. 
so that um, so that everybody has access to those. So thank you. Okay. Well, anything else that you want to add before we close out of here uh, with to, to my to my audience? Oh, just that um, I think that it's so common to feel like you're the only one, like people don't understand. And I, I just want anyone who's listening to know, you know, I, I see you, I hear you, I, I've been there, I get it, and it absolutely can get better. Yeah, and that is very, very, very true. Um, so many people feel isolated and alone when they've been dealing with narcissistic abuse. And um, and you're not alone. Those of you who are out there listening, you're, you're here for a reason. You are not alone. And there is help to be found. And there is life after narcissism. I've said that many, many, many times. And, and I live that life. I know that it's true. There is life after narcissism. So, uh, Dr. Melissa, thank you so much for joining us today. And I look forward to hearing more about your work. Thank you, Renee. This is awesome. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I never dreamed how much I would actually enjoy podcasting. When it was first suggested to me, I'll be honest, I was a bit intimidated by the thought. But when I found Anchor, I quickly realized how easy this was going to be. Anchor provides me with the tools to record and edit right within their program. I don't need additional software. I didn't even need to know how to distribute the podcast because they do it all for me. I would not be where I am today as a podcaster without Anchor. It's all you need and completely free. If you are looking to get started, download the Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started.